This is the Coffee With Podcast, presented by the Women's Ministry at Reclamation Church in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Today, we'll be having coffee with Deborah Jensen. She is a community group leader, and also she's on staff at Reclamation. Her job title is administrative assistant, but that title doesn't truly convey all that she is involved with behind the scenes. Today, she'll be sharing her story with us. Hey, thanks so much for being here, Deborah. I'm excited for you to share your story. Thanks, Sarah Kate. I know, uh, I know you've got some really good stuff to share, so I'm excited to just jump right into it. And you do a lot of work behind the scenes at the church <laughs> and in front of the scenes, so to speak. <laughs> you do a lot at the Welcome Center where people do see you, but just planning and preparing for events and doing all those like hospitality-related tasks, a lot of the administrative tasks in the office on a weekly basis. Um, there's just so much that you do that people probably don't even realize. So I'm really excited for you to kind of have a spotlight today and have an opportunity to share more about what God's done in your life and how he even brought you to Pittsburgh and what he's done since you've been here. So I know you have some great insight and wisdom to share. So I'm excited for it. Um, Can you start by just giving us some context about your family that you grew up in, how you accepted Christ and kind of some of that? Okay. Well, I was born in Montana, which not too many people can say that. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever known someone born in Montana. Wow. I get that a lot. Yes. (laughs) So funny. Uh, we spent about half my childhood there, and then we moved to Texas, uh, which is where my parents are both originally from. Okay. And uh, I grew up in church. My parents uh, were very involved in church. I uh, made a profession of faith at uh, the age of 12 okay. on Mother's Day. Wow. Uh, after wrestling for quite a while with, because I had gone forward and was baptized at age six when Mm. my best friend went forward. Sure. And so I had a lot of years and there were a lot of revivals and stuff where they said, if you died tonight, do you know you'd be going to heaven? And I really couldn't say that. And Mm. so I really had to wrestle and finally come to grips with God promises when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and believe that he's the son of God and he died for us and rose again. He promises that that is our salvation. So that's when, you know, I I could make that conscious decision that I can always look back and know that if that's not true, if it didn't take, right, right. Then God's a liar. Yeah. You know? Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, that's what I can go back to. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, grew up my early young adulthood, um, still in Texas, uh, was in my mid thirties before I met Robert on a, actually a cruise in Alaska. That's awesome. <laughs> I lived in Texas. He lived in Florida. We met in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> So after an expensive courtship yeah. on the phone and, and flying visits to see each other, we got married uh, 11 months to the day later. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and then I moved to Florida, which everyone who knew me knew I must love the man because <laughs> I don't like sun. I don't like beaches. I don't like Florida. So, <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, moved there. I worked in human resources for almost 30 years. Yeah. And um, then we moved up here after 17 years in Florida, which 
we always knew when we retired, we're very strange. <laughs> Most people probably know, but we knew we didn't want to stay in Florida. We wanted to go somewhere further north. You're the opposite of snowbirds. Yes, very much the opposite. So <laughs> I'm awesome. thrilled. We're, and we're actually both thrilled, but yeah, this is my perfect everything. So That's so funny. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. As it so. snowed yesterday in April. Yes. And no one else is happy to be here, but I'm glad <laughs> you are, Deborah. I'm so glad you're here and happy to be Somebody here. Somebody needs to be. That's so. right. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. I, there's so much in your background that I had no idea. So another reason why I just love doing these podcasts is people in our church that we are talking with every week that we are feel like we're good friends with, but you know, sometimes don't get back to that kind of root level of like, where did you grow up and how did you guys meet? And, um, that's so fun. And what a great, what a great story about you and Robert meeting in Alaska (laughs) and uh, a signal to your many excursions and trips that have come in your marriage and relationship. (laughs) And, uh, that's really cool. So I know that normally for these podcasts, we like kind of do chronological testimonies or things of that nature, but I know you have a specific topic that you want to talk about today and to describe. So why don't you tell us what that is and kind of go into that? Okay. Well, as I told you, mine's kind of strange, (laughs) at least uh, in uh, hearing it at first, because mine is Ebenezer's. Yeah. And I know if I've talked to you very much, you've probably heard me talk about them. It's apparently my life word that yeah. God gave me. Yeah, uh, I've always been a word person. I have to know how something's spelled and mm. what it means. It's, mm-hmm. That's just how my mind functions. Yeah. So growing up in church, we would you know, sing, come thou fount of every blessing. And the second yeah. verse is, here I raise mine Ebenezer. So I'm going, I don't know what this word means. It's yeah. a strange word. Yeah. So I I looked it up because, again, I just had to know. And over the years, God has impressed upon me again and again and again. Because yeah. an Ebenezer is a memorial, mm-hmm. a marking. And it comes from 1 Samuel 7, 12, mm. where, which says, afterward, Samuel took a stone and set it upright between Mitzvah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, mm-hmm. explaining the Lord has helped us to this point. Um, so, and and all through the Old Testament, you see the actual literal um, building of stones. Yep. The the Israelites were supposed to take the stones from the river when they crossed mm-hmm. and to make a memorial. Mm-hmm. And even today. Most people don't know what it is, but like if you go hiking, you'll see we call them rock cairns Mm -hmm. and people have made a marker that, hey, I came through here. Yeah. But for a Christian in Ebenezer is I came through here with God's help. Yeah. This is where I see his mark on my life. Yeah. And so he ha- he brings that to me over and over again. Yeah. And there have been a number of instances in my life where I've definitely needed to look back at that Ebenezer because yeah. I think that's what they're primarily for. Yeah. When we or someone else are passing through that way or we're going through difficult things, mm. we have those Ebenezers to yeah. look back. And he helped me here. Yeah. He's not going to not help me here, no matter how difficult 
it may seem. For sure. And nothing speaks to us truly like our own testimonies from our own life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can read the Bible and read the amazing stories of God making the sun stand still for 24 hours and splitting mm-hmm. the Red Sea and doing all these right. amazing things. But it doesn't always feel like that translates to our life or our story or our seemingly impossible situation. But when you've seen God's faithfulness in your own life, it's easier to believe that he's going to do it again and to kind of remember emotionally, mentally, you know, where you were and, and feeling hopeless or sometimes, you know, if you're a journaler being able to read like, wow, I've had journal entries where it's like, wow, I was broken and hopeless. (laughs) And looking back, you're like, it seems so silly because God came through, (laughs) right? you know, and, and I should have, I should have expected him to, but in those moments, yeah, nothing speaks to us like our own stories. Right. So that's awesome. So I'm guessing you might have a story or two to share (laughs) about some Ebenezer's in your life. Right. Well, I would say probably the two biggest ones are what took me from working in human resources to working for a church, first our church in Florida and now here, and then what brought us here from Florida, because that was not a planned move. Pittsburgh was nowhere on our (laughs) our radar. But um, as I said, I'd worked in human resources. I was director of human resources for a large law firm and had, I definitely knew God had put me in human resources. Yeah. I also knew he was pulling me out, mm. but working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, wow. it was difficult to find the time to work. And, you know, it was, I was there. It was yeah. easier. Yeah. Uh, so in 2008, I got um, shingles in my eye oh, wow. and on my face. So God kind of knocked me back. I call it uh, his kick in my butt. (laughs) Or in your eye. (laughs) Yes, quite true. To get me to get out of my comfort zone and Mm -hmm. what I was comfortable with, what I knew. Yeah. And um, so he used that to move me on. I did some consulting for a while and then God opened up the job and it was definitely a God thing at our church and it's something that um, fulfilled me. Yeah. And like nothing I had done ever did. Yeah. And it was a joy mm. to work. And trust me, HR in a law firm is not <laughs> so it's just slightly all. different than working in a church. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. So that. Again, that you know, there were a number of them before that, but that would be yeah. uh, one of the major ones, second only to God bringing us up here. Um, and I really needed that, Ebenezer, mm. because um, one of the pastors that I worked for at our church in Clearwater, um, our church was working with the SEND network, mm. as our church here does, mm. and he was coming up here to start a church. And first it started kind of as a, oh, you should take me because it's the perfect weather for me, mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, what if you went? And it's like, well, what if we went? Yeah. So Robert and I started talking about it and praying about it, and God just opened the doors he gave us confirmation after confirmation. 
um, our house sold in three days. And wow. unlike now, that yeah. wasn't the market. Right. It was rare. Uh, the house that, that we bought here, he kept available. Mm. And um, Robert retired from the FAA mm. uh, to move up here after 30, almost 32 years in the FAA. Can you tell um, us what the FAA is? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Federal. He was in air traffic control. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't I know apologize. what that means. <laughs> I'm from the Midwest, so I'm familiar with FFA, uh, yes, <laughs> Future Farmers yes. of America. <laughs> sorry. No, no. Sorry, continue. Um, but he had been an air traffic controller. He was a little short of mandatory retirement, but was eligible. Okay. Probably one of the most important rocks in that. Ebenezer is uh, we had flown to California to do uh, a couple of uh, Disney races. As you know, we're Disney fans. And on the way back, Robert had a seizure Mm. on the plane. Uh, He was totally non-responsive for a while, uh, which was incredibly scary. And God had the people in place. But most importantly, if he hadn't retired, he probably would not have been able to go back to work as Mm. an air traffic controller. Yeah. So all of those things became important. We moved up here. We spent two years um, working hard to help build that church. Yeah. And then uh, the pastor we moved up here with decided he was done with it and decided to move. Wow. And our church in Florida just, okay, we're done. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. we felt very abandoned by our church, Mm. by the pastor we moved up here with. Yeah. But we were honestly able to look back at those Ebenezer's Mm. and we never felt God had abandoned us. Yeah. We knew he had brought us here for a reason that was a little obscure at this point in time. Sure. Um, so it was definitely a very hard time. Yeah. But again, we were able to look back at those Ebenezer's. We didn't make make a mistake. Yeah. God was leading us here. Um, And so he had, and God in his provision had already started making connections for us here at Reclamation. Yeah. Um, And then probably about six months later, the job here opened up first volunteering and then coming on staff. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he planted us in a new church home. Yeah. And so it's just... Throughout my life, and that, yeah, honestly has been the biggest thing. Yeah. Being able to look back when you're walking through those times that are hard. Yeah. That you can't, you can't even really see the next step God wants you to take, much less where the road is going to lead. And that's not how God works anyway, because then where is the faith? Mm -hmm. But, you know, he... He promises us that he's inscribed us in the palm of his hand. We can't fall out. And he catches our tears in a bottle. He keeps a record of them. Mm. Why would he keep a record if he didn't care? Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's those things. But again, I think he gives us those to look back on. Yeah. I didn't leave you. I didn't drop you. I didn't forget you back here. Yeah. I'm not going to now. Yeah. And, you know, it's a huge comfort. 
And I know I'm not the only one, whether I'm the only one strange enough to call them Ebenezer's. (laughs) I don't think you're strange, Deborah. I think that's awesome. And I think it's truly amazing that you've said, you know, we felt that we had been abandoned by our church and by that pastor, but we knew that God had not abandoned us. And being able to separate those things, that's difficult. And so many times, you know, especially if somebody is more interpersonal and, you know, very connected in their relationships, when somebody abandons or betrays you, it sometimes feels like that's coming from somewhere else. And you just, (laughs) I mean, for me, I just like blanket everyone under that Mm -hmm. realm sometimes. And, but it is truly important to make that separation and say, you know, these are our circumstances. They're not ideal. They hurt and they're difficult, but God has not left us and he still has a plan. And, and I think the coolest thing even about the Ebenezer is not even truly building it in the moment, but all the times when you look back on it and you're able to see now, you know, how many years later, eight something that reclam or that, well, it was harvest, but (laughs) that reclamation has been here. Yeah. So being able to look back and be like, wow, that was preparing us for this. Mm-hmm. And here we are in this, you know, time when, you know, we're in this church that's growing and is having an impact on our community. And, you know, God kind of set us aside here in Pittsburgh for this, which is just so incredible to think about after you've already, you know, kind of built the monument. Um, I want to ask you, is there like a way that you find best kind of keep track of these moments? Do you, are you just like a mental, you keep them track in your mind, like in a mental cabinet, or do you have a book that you write them in? Or maybe you and Robert just talk about them. Like, how do you find best to try to remember these things? Well, try as I might, I've never been a journaler, which is strange because I love words. I love writing. Mm. I love the act of writing, Mm -hmm. but that's not, it just kind of is a mental file cabinet and it is, Yes, Robert and I going back and talking about things. And when something hard happens, we've had several things this year. You know, his sister passed uh, last fall and they were very close. And, uh, you know, we've had several things recently that just have been hard. So, yeah, in our, you know, I think it goes back to Deuteronomy and our standing up and our sitting down and our lying down when we're in our houses just talking, having those conversations. Yeah. Um, that's what works for me. Yeah. I know for a lot of people, journaling is great. And, and I would like to, it's just not yeah. apparently how God wired me. <laughs> my, my problem with journaling is that I can't ever find the journals I started. <laughs> that gives you some insight into my life and brain sometimes. Um, and then I can't add to them. We do, Miguel and I do have a book that we keep record and literally I wouldn't call it a journal. It's literally like small entries. Like (laughs) we needed this and God provided it. Mm -hmm. And this was the date, you know, and we, we were in despair and needed this because sometimes it's hard to remember them. Like it's truly shocking to think about how God comes through for us over and over in these huge ways. And then we forget that he did it. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's a me thing, <laughs> but no, I, like, no. I like totally forget until, you know, I look back at some of those markings or until, you know, Miguel and I are talking about, well, but do you remember how did that even happen? And what even happened in that situation? And what did God do? And, um, 
maybe it's because, you know, some of these things play out over many right. years, right. truly. Right. <laughs> and so it's hard to know every detail by the end, but... But see, I think that's special too. Yeah. Because your journal would most likely be just you mm. and be more your private thoughts. Yeah. But the way you guys do it and the and the way Robert and I do it, and I'm not saying a journal is wrong or right. anything, yeah. but that is a sharing it and you're you're sharing your thoughts and your hearts yeah. too. This is what, what God did meant to me, or this is what I saw him do. And yeah. it's like, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, there may be aspects of it that one or the other of us forget. Yeah. So, you know, I think he gives us whatever method works. Yeah. And sharing, sharing the Ebenezer's, that's what is right. a big part of this, you know? And I think about that song, Come Thou Fount, it says, here I raise my Ebenezer, which in my mind is thinking other people can see this, right. you know, it's not like here I gaze upon it or, you know, meditate in my in heart, my, right, <laughs> right. It's like here I raise it. It's, it's right. in the full view for everyone to see what God has done and where he's brought me through. And, um, I even think about some of the stories where God provided for us early in our marriage. There's one specific situation that, we were in and I remember it differently than Miguel in that there's things that felt significant to me, like God provided in this way and this way. And Miguel will be like, yeah, but do you remember this? Like for some reason that instance spoke stronger to his heart and he remembers that. And I'm like, Mm. no, I don't remember that. I was thinking about this and, you know, even going through some of those things in a marriage together, you know, being able to, see how God wired us differently and how we remember the situations, different parts of it more strongly. And so that sharing aspect, even as we share this podcast, you know, is a big part of these monuments in our walk and telling other people. That's right. And I think that is an important part of them. You know, in some ways, a physical Ebenezer, we may not actually literally walk that way again, but other people will. And other people can be walking through similar things or even different things. But that's it. Those Ebenezers become our testimony. And our testimony is not just for ourselves. Our testimony is to bring glory to God and to point others to him, whether it's to encourage them or help lead them to salvation. It's God's responsibility, how he uses it, but we're responsible for planting that seed and letting the spirit take it. So absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, our faith, it's not about just these big monument moments. It's about all the daily moments that we choose to be faithful as God is faithful to us. And so I want to ask you, um, what's been influential to you in your walk with Jesus, you know, in those everyday moments, spending time growing in his word, growing in fellowship, are there books or Bible studies or other things that you want to share that have been influential with you? Well, as I've already shared, journaling is not a big, (laughs) not your thing. Yes. But, um, as you might guess, music is a big part. Um, just, from how this discussion started about Ebenezer's, but uh, that always has been a big part as far as my worship and even my prayers Mm. very often are songs, whether it's a hymn or a praise chorus. And um, obviously not, not to diminish it, you know, daily quiet time because my life verse is be still and know that you're God. Mm. 
and that being still is so hard to find, yeah. I think, in our lives today, especially. Yeah. Um, as far as Bible studies, I've, I would say Beth Moore has been the most influential for me. Yeah. I just learn and grasp so much. Like when I did her Old Testament study on the patriarchs, mm. I learned so much about the New Testament. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what I love because she asks the questions and digs questions I'd never think to ask. Right. But I learned so much and, and gained so much, yeah. um, you know, not just knowledge, but perspective yeah. on the Bible that... That's awesome. Um, and one, uh, one of her books that I have, since it came out, suggested that every woman read is So Long Insecurity. Mm. You've been a bad friend to us. Mm. Whether or not you think you're insecure, yeah, it talks not just about the insecurities that we do all have, mm. but where our security comes from. Yeah. And that's from Christ. That's and it was definitely a very influential book for me and definitely awesome. one that I would recommend every woman that's awesome. get and read. That's awesome. And I know you've led some Beth Moore studies here at the church and some other studies, I think as well, not written by her possibly, um, or have they all been Beth Moore here or there? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I think, I think I led, uh, Priscilla Shire okay. here also, okay. yeah. but, um, yes, I have led some and, you know, we just, I, I know as Corbin especially leads out and talks to women about leading studies yeah. that, um, she she does like to have a variety of women lead because yeah. there again we all have different yep. walks, different testimonies, um, different studies that speak to us. Yeah. So I know she's starting to work now on the lineup that we're going to have for the fall. Yep. And I know there's a lot of women looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> so um, yes. summers tend to be busy, but I think it also makes us thirstier again yeah. for for when those studies. Um, start up again. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. And I'm excited to see what's on the roster for the fall. <laughs> and um, those studies are always a blessing to study the word along other people who you're doing life with, who right. are seeking after the Lord and, and sharing those Ebenezer moments <laughs> in those studies, right. um, you know, are some of the most impactful parts of making those studies come alive and, and be real in our lives. So thank you for sharing that. I, uh, I appreciate your wisdom and your just willingness to share this and to explain to us now, my husband will be thrilled, the worship director, when we sing Come Thou Fount, all the women will know That's right. the word Ebenezer and what it means. And we'll be able to sing it with just enthusiasm and excitement about what that is instead of wondering what we're saying. <laughs> so that's awesome. Quite true. That's Catch awesome. our attention anyway. Well, thank you for letting me share, Sarah Kate. That's awesome. And um, thank you so much for listening to the Coffee With podcast. Our next episode will be available next month. So be sure to subscribe and follow so you'll be ready to listen and find out who will be joining me next time. <laughs>